Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There are many ways that you can keep up to date with 3CR news, events and programs. With Facebook stripping content, it's a timely reminder to focus on the communication channels and platforms that the community controls. The 3CR website is a great spot to catch all your shows via audio on demand or scroll through our range of podcasts. It's also where you can sign up to our monthly newsletter, buy yourself a new t-shirt or check out archival audio from past broadcasts. Of course, we're also on Twitter at 3CR and Instagram at 3CR Melbourne. But don't forget our mighty AM band. Catch us anytime on 855 AM. Keep in touch, 3cr.org.au. Stay locked to 3CR. Dirt Radio, Organic, Friends of the Earth, Activism, Underground, Political Action, Necessary, Wind Farms, Indigenous Struggles, Land Rights, Anti-Nuclear, Nanotechnology, Climate Change, Coal Barons, Mining Magnates, Activists, Educating, Communities, Transforming, Communities, Mobilising a Sustainable Planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning, Earthlings. Welcome to Dirt Radio. You're listening to Alana Mountain from the Forest Collective, who's joined today by Jamie Lee Willoughby, who is a somatic sex educator, queer ceremonialist, with a passion for decolonizing gender and supporting wellness in the queer community. Welcome, Jamie. So good to have you here today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about something I'm so passionate about. Yeah, me too. I'm so keen for this conversation. Would you be able to tell our awesome listeners today a little bit about who you are and what you're so G'd up about to be here for today? Yeah, for sure. So as Alana said, my name is Jamie Lee. I'm a somatic sex educator and queer ceremonialist. So essentially what queer ceremonialist means is I have a passion for creating sacred, intentional spaces that give people the opportunity to connect to the essence of their hearts in a in a spiritual way and specifically to create those experiences for queer people. So to really be the bridge between spirituality and queerness to support the queer community in, in healing um, and evolving. And for me, that really started when I realized I was non-binary and my journey of becoming myself has been really spiritual. So I thought, hey, you know, I really want to use the skill set that I have to support other queer people in finding their own unique relationship to spirituality because I understand queerness to be so sacred and so spiritual. Mm, absolutely. And on that topic of, you know, gender, queerness and fluidity, what does that mean for you and how have you gone about, you know, deconstructing um, those societal expectations placed upon you from birth? Yeah. So, I mean, of course, everyone's experience of gender is so unique. So, I mean, with me, I was always like, I thought that I was revolutionizing what it meant to be a woman. And so really pulling apart these societal ideas of womanhood. But 
honestly, it was like one day it was like creator just like hit me in the head and was like, what if you weren't attached to gender? I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) It all kind of happened really quickly. And it happened at a time where I had like a, a bunch of male family members pass away. And for the first time I felt um, my male ancestors really close to me and it was like their passing became this invitation for me to connect more to my masculinity and that meant uh, shedding a part of my gender identity and yeah just this question of what would it feel like for me to move through the world as a genderless being and to perceive myself beyond the confines of womanhood And honestly, it was like such a whirlwind and quite a psychedelic experience. So I was like, all right, I'm shaving my head (laughs) and I'm starting again, figuring out who I am. And how did it feel to shave your head and go through that initiation? Was It was wild because it happened so rapidly. And as I mentioned before, like, you know, being a spiritual person and having this understanding of having a relationship with creator or God or whatever you want to call it. Again, it was like creator was inviting me and it's like creator was saying to me, okay, in order for you to learn these next set of lessons in your life that you've come here to learn, this is what you have to do. And so it was like, you know, my higher self calling to me, but then my present conscious self, you know, Jamie Lee was like, really, do I have to? But my hair is so beautiful and long and I've come to understand myself as being attractive because because I have this and creator was like, nah, it's got to go. So I had a ceremony and my loved ones were, were around me and cut off pieces of my hair and and shaved it. And, you know, I was like, all right, guys, I'm, I'm stepping into my new genderless form, you know, not having any idea of what that would mean for me. But yeah, really jumping off the ledge mm. there and just free falling into the gender abyss. <laughs> yeah. That's so brave. And how were you received by people in your community and, you know, your family? You're from such a beautiful, you know, strong African black yeah. Uh, family. Yeah. Well, it was weird. I mean, I'm really open on social media. So even before I shaved my head, I just went live and I was like, crying and I was like guys I think I'm non-binary and in some ways I find it so much easier to speak to my phone and to be like a a diary entry and let it all out Mm. but then actually noticing I was aloof and avoidant to having these conversations in person and telling my family members and I guess this fear began to rise in me how much of the love that I was given by others was based on this understanding of me as a girl or me as a woman and you know if I shatter that part of me um can I still be loved and even though like when did this happen like a year and a half ago right when I first started this journey but even still now I hold this fear and it's something that I'm yeah met with and still attempting to find my bravery I mean, I only had the proper conversation with my dad about it last week. Wow. Yeah, like like really. You know, I, I dropped little seeds and hints, but for the first time last week, I was like, all right, dad, this is what I'm going through. Um, so, yeah, pushing past that fear to like, you know, feel courageous enough to actually be like, this is how I'm feeling. This is how I see myself and this is who I want to be. Um, but, yeah, I received so much love and support from my family and, yeah, within my community being one of the first people to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm non-binary, 
I want you to use they, them pronouns for me, is scary because I know that I'm educating people on something that they might not know anything about. Yeah, totally. And it must be at times challenging to have to continue educating and, you know, maybe even correcting and pulling up people when they are using terminology that doesn't land with you or doesn't make you feel connected to who you are and the person that you've realized within yourself. And I actually noticed on, <laughs> this is a good segue yeah, yeah. this video, <laughs> Um, yeah, this really awesome video that I saw that Jamie Lee put up on her Instagram uh, like a week and a bit ago, yeah. which actually led to why I invited you into the studio today, mm-hmm. where you were talking about what um, it means for you to be called by, you know, the correct, um, you know, words that feel good for yourself and also what it means to be within your expression and, and how you want to be, be perceived beyond what aesthetic qualities that you're putting out in the Mm -hmm. moment. And, yeah, there was this one weird comment that was quite, um, yeah, just rejecting what it was that you were sharing Mm -hmm. there. And, yeah, receiving that must be difficult to, you know, yeah, navigate. Yeah, well, I have a lot of... I have a lot of grace and even actually just now you used her pronouns for me. Oh, sorry. Right? No, yeah. but it's actually it, understanding that language is so automated and so habitual and also separating the fact that like even you just now using this pronoun for me like doesn't change the way you perceive me. Like you've invited me here because you respect my views, you respect me, but I have a lot of grace for because I understand the, the brain, I understand how mm. we work, I understand that. We're all in a process of, of relearning. Even me, I misgender myself all the time. Like I call myself a girl in my mind and I'm like, oh, how does that sit with me? And, you know, I think like what this comment was sort of um, reflecting to me is that some women feel that it can be attack on womanhood mm. or that I think there's something wrong with femininity. And it's like, no, like my prayer for each person is to feel so anchored and so fulfilled and so connected to the most authentic expression of their gender, whatever that may be. And just because I don't like being called a girl or like, yes, queen, like doesn't resonate with me anymore. doesn't mean that can't be a, a such a, such a rich source of empowerment for, for other people. Um, so yeah, I really want to like dispel that myth that non-binary people are like against gender I think what this whole movement is about is just giving people the invitation to reflect on their own sense of self and inquire like oh like who am I what aspects of my gender are most authentic for me and you know we should be able to say to anyone what we do like to be called like it's like setting that loving boundary of like hey this terminology feels really good for me to use and to be used for me um so yeah like more of that in general (laughs) whether it's about gender or not would be amazing yeah totally it's it's so funny that that just happened as well you know (laughs) it goes to show how deeply programmed and ingrained it is in our minds where it just slips out and you know even though I'm fully aware yeah. of what your pronouns are and we're here today discussing <laughs> this topic like it still happened yeah and I I remember there was a time where I'd be so afraid of misgendering people mm. but I wasn't intentionally doing it yeah. it's just because it's so heavily programmed mm-hmm. and it just happens on in, like you're on autopilot totally it can be really frustrating sometimes for both sides mm. yeah it's interesting like I noticed 
I get this like funny feeling in my chest when someone uses the wrong pronouns for me Mm. or uses a word that I don't like. And with that feeling that I feel internally is like the invitation on my brain goes, are you going to correct them? And usually I'm like, no, my people pleaser is like, no, because I don't want people to feel like they're wrong. Like I'm someone who loves avoiding personal conflict. Mm. Um, Yeah. And that's something that I've had to work through is really look at my people pleaser and be like, oh, can I like, can I correct this person? Like, no, they're not wrong. I don't want to bring shame to them. And even people have said to me, like, please, like, if I get it wrong, correct me. But there's something, like, inherently awkward. And I've spoken to other, you know, genderqueer people about this too, that, yeah, it's, like, really can be really difficult for us to correct people because it is a bit a bit awkward. Like, I don't want to be someone's, like, teacher. Not all the time. So it is good when people notice themselves and and correct or you know, if I've created a dynamic with someone, we can kind of like joking, like my mom's really good about it. Like she'll be like, Oh, me and my, my daughters. And then I like give her a look and she's like, Oh, my, my seeds. Oh, no, I told her to call me your seed. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, we just, we can kind of make a joke and make it fun. Like, Hey, what other words can we come up with that feel exciting? So it doesn't always have to be like, Hey, you got this thing wrong. You know, it's like, let's expand our language. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And I think it's also really important that people who want to be good allies to gender queer people they do that work themselves and that they don't feel a defense or that they're being attacked in the moment Mm. of being corrected because we're all just trying to learn to be better and to make you know our world safer with language and it shouldn't be this thing that we're we're trying to defend because we're actually Mm -hmm. just trying to learn and walk together yeah yeah 100 percent I really enjoyed going back to that video mm. where you were sharing about the fourth gender and how it's it's not this um, new age concept. Mm. It's actually something that has been around for mm. millennia. So I was wondering if you could speak a little more to that. Yeah, for sure. I think I'd first like to like talk about the differences between sex and gender. Sure. Sex being biological and our our, our, yeah, our, our sex makeup is, yes, about our genitals and also our, our chromosomes and, and that being separate from gender, which is um, a social construct and a social construct that has been different throughout time and space and in different cultures. And, yeah, really for me understanding that, like, womanhood is like an archetype that has always changed over time. So when we're looking back throughout history um, – firstly acknowledging that intersex people have always existed so people who don't biologically fit into the male or female category so then you have all like okay how did all these different cultures throughout time acknowledge intersex people um a lot of most places in the world having names for these people um having certain roles for these people and these people being able to most of the time choose how they wanted to present or to be an integration of both um, male and female like responsibilities. Mm. But then looking to more like indigenous societies across the world and of course like indigenous people who have a deeper connection to the land and to spirituality and ritual and ceremonial practices. Um, yeah. A lot of the time recognizing 
non-binary or, or third gender, fourth gender, fifth gender people as having a deeper spiritual connection to creator or understanding that these beings were like the keepers of duality, being able to have a deep insight into men's business and women's business. Um, of course, through all different indigenous societies, there's different ways of, of perceiving them and understanding them. But like in Native American culture, you have, you know, two spirit people um, who a lot of the times were medicine people, were shamans who um, held more spiritual knowledge and were keepers of certain ceremonial practices and, and ways. And yeah, learning about this stuff and, 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 and then looking at my own experience, having it be very spiritual was like, okay, like we have existed in, in magical ways and been understood. And then even from my own experiences with indigenous people who have said to me, Oh, you know, like if, if, if this type of person, you wouldn't want them to ever like curse you because they've got really strong magic, you know? Um, so like kind of whatever they say goes. And so being like, well, like in indigenous contexts, like genderqueer people being really respected as, as powerful people of someone that you would go to for spiritual assistance to then looking about how our modern day people perceive genderqueer people really, I don't know, kind of expanded this understanding of um, gender being colonial, a colonial construct and a colonial weapon to also eradicate um, indigenous people as well. Mm. So powerful. We're going to cut to a short announcement and we'll be back with Jamie Lee Willoughby. I'm Alana Mountain and this is Dirt Radio. When I was new to Melbourne, I found a Food Not Bombs fly on the road and I had like this fist with a carrot and carrots are my favourite vegetable. Yeah, I think they were asking for help doing stuff and I got in touch. We, I guess, rescue food. That would otherwise go to waste. I like the aspect of sharing food and um, not making anyone feel obligated to pay anything for it. We make a real point at Food Not Bombs of involving everyone who wants to be involved in whichever part they want to be involved in. For more information, go to fnbmelb.noblogs. Org. Food Not Bombs is the 3CR supporter. Not 3CR is about community and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering? Doing a reception shift? Getting a program on air? Training in radio skills or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch. You're listening to Dirt Radio, Friends of the Earth with Alana Mountain and Jamie Lee Willoughby joining me here today in the studio. We're talking about gender justice and gender wellness and Jamie Lee Lee is an incredible uh, somatic educator and yeah, just all things awesome gender fluidity. <laughs> uh, she's there leading. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you Programming. Go. <laughs> Corrected myself though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're leading. <laughs> 
a revolution currently and Jamie, I'd love you to share a little bit about how cis people can be good allies and mm. yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, I've been thinking about this question a lot actually and um, I think that as genderqueer people we really like to express like our most empowered self because we want other queer people to to see it and feel empowered to be themselves but what we don't really share is the vulnerability of the gender expansive experience which a lot of the time is like deeply confusing and you know having to re-establish our relationship to our bodies you know what does it mean for me to exist in a female body but to feel uh, genderless you know and so there is a lot of heartache um, in this journey of self-discovery so I think for cisgendered people to realize that you know what we're doing is we're not jumping onto the latest fad Mm. we're not trying to be cool we're not trying to convince people to be like us I think our loudness is um, to create safety for other people who already feel this way and that feeling of what we already feel most of the time is intense emotionally um, and so I think for cisgendered people to understand and have that grace and to realize that something like practicing someone's pronouns when you're not in their space so that by the time you're with them you, you've got the hang of it um, to be mindful of what words feel good for them is like something that you can do that helps so much really helps to relieve anxiety for genderqueer people um, it means so much more than what yeah we could probably ever express mm. yeah and it's something that is yeah so simple mm. and you can create space to do that in so many places as well like even just sitting on the tram or you know at home having a cup of tea and you're just thinking about that person you really care about who's just shared with their community that that's what makes them feel safe mm-hmm. it's something you can you can do at any time of the day really isn't it yeah absolutely yeah I know that you host really incredible, inviting, safe workshops and I feel like a few months ago you um, held a space um, for gender queer people around Mm -hmm. grief and exploring Mm -hmm. um, the grief that comes up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would you be able to share a little bit about that experience and, you know, how people, um, yeah, reacted and reflected upon what it was that you were offering? Yeah. So, yeah, I was hosting um, queer grief rituals. I'm very fortunate to have uh, to live on 15 acres, so getting a bunch of queer people out in the backyard around the sacred fire, <laughs> yeah, um, so. you know, drinking rose tea and guiding people to feel into their hearts. And, yeah, grief people, we have a very unique, yeah, queer people have got a unique relationship with grief. And so to get us all together to have a safe space to let it go and let it go into the fire and incorporating these earth-based practices. Um, yeah, it was honestly so amazing. Like I've I absolutely loved being in spiritual spaces, but to be in spiritual spaces with just queer people was like a magic I've never felt before. So yeah, these ceremonies, I've called them release to rise because we release and everyone gets a chance to sit in front of the fire, release the grief that they're feeling speak to it and be held by the community and be witnessed by the community and then 
uh, towards the end of the ceremony, we rise and we get in the celebration and expand our hearts in a way that is is joyous and and celebratory because being queer can sometimes be really alienating. And yeah, I noticed that a lot of queer spaces are based just around partying. So I wanted to bring, yeah, this a sacred place for us to heal together. And then we celebrate at the end and, and dance around the sacred fire and, and sing to integrate. <laughs> mm, that yeah. sounds so beautiful. Yeah. And it's really important that those kinds of alternative spaces are offered mm-hmm. aside from, you know, gay clubs or queer parties, etc. cetera, mm-hmm. um, because there's a different level of expansion that can take place. Like obviously it's incredible and I've been to some amazing queer parties mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've had so much fun and yeah, you really discover a lot about your eros and your, um, yeah, just like your expression Mm -hmm. in those spaces. But Mm -hmm. obviously, uh, yeah, you are in a partying environment. Mm -hmm. So being able to be on the land Mm -hmm. and connect to people through such an ancient um, medium such as fire must be, yeah, just completely transformative and grounding and... Yeah, how many people I'm interested came along and did you have, you know, interests beyond that? Like are people coming to you being like, oh my gosh, I really want to partake. That looked awesome. Yeah, I think I think that I've, I'm nev- I've all never seen anything like it existing before. So mm. I think people are like, well, what is this? And I know a lot of queer people haven't felt like safe going to women's circles. Of course, if you're gender mm. diverse, you're not going to go to a women's circle. Um, or other spiritual places that can be quite in the binary or even like heteronormative or heteroassumptive as well. And so for queer people to be like, yes, like this is actually everything that I've ever wanted to finally access spirituality in a space where I'm not going to have the anxiety of like, oh, is someone going to say something that I don't align with or yeah. So I think that was really amazing for people. We think we had about yeah twenty people. I've run it twice, sitting around the the sacred fire, and yeah, like just honestly, the the medicine is of just like being around each other, being able to look around the sacred fire and be like, oh my goodness, everyone here understands my experience, and like that level of safety. I mean, we talk about creating safe spaces all the time, but for queer people, safe spaces look different. You know, so being able to have a queer facilitator and being in a space with all queer people, like that's a level of safety that, yeah, you can't even explain. It's just so special and it makes it so much easier to actually drop into the heart because for me, queerness is all about the heart frequency. So when queer people actually feel safe to go there into the depths of their hearts, it's like, oh, there I am. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. And did you find that afterwards it was like quite transformative for yourself just to discover Mm. yourself within that role as you know a leader Mm -hmm. essentially absolutely absolutely and because you know in my own way feeling like a bit of an alien and so also calling these people in and then being able to be like sit around the fire like oh my goodness I I called these people in like I'm creating a a spiritual queer community Mm. was just so incredible. And the amount of gratitude I was receiving from these people. Yeah. It, it it also made me realize that, Oh, creator creator gave me this opportunity of experiencing gender the way that I do so that I can be eligible to hold these spaces for other people 
And yeah, I really understand that to my core, that my gender expansion was a gift given to me so that I could hold this space for other people. That's so beautiful Yeah, to realize your mission and yeah, the potency of what you've been presented with as, you know, a human in this lifetime mm-hmm. on this plane in this yeah, time. It's really incredible. I'm so happy for you that, <laughs> yeah, you're on that path and you're self-realized. Mm. So Jamie, where can people find you and do you have any upcoming work that you'd love people to get along to? Yeah. So you can find me on Insta, on Instagram, Jamie at Jamie Lee Willoughby, J-A-I-M-E. Make sure you spell Jamie correctly. Thanks, mum. Unique spelling. Yay. Um, I don't have a website. It will come. But um, yeah, I'm, I really am passionate about offering one-on-one work, especially to gender diverse people. Um, but also, yeah, we'll be hosting more of these queer grief rituals. I also recently held a full day gender expansion event. Um, and coming up, I'm going to be having some online classes teaching about gender history in different cultures um yeah lots of good gender stuff and also I'll be offering some online um embodiment classes as well to support gender queer folk to feel safe to embody be present in their bodies and be present into their hearts but I honestly feel like I'm at the beginning of this journey so I'm just going to keep expanding and growing and offering from my heart so yeah for anyone that's curious like yeah come follow the journey and see what magic we get up to Amazing. And what part of Vic are you located in? I'm located in Hurstbridge. Um, but I travel, so. <laughs> but honestly, I love, um, I run my sessions from my home as well out in Hurstbridge. So it's also a good opportunity to get people to yeah, just come out and be on the land and be in the in the freshness of, of that space. I, yeah, such a healing land there. So yeah, come, come see me. <laughs> Can vouch. Yeah. Incredible <laughs> land. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jamie. It's been really special and yeah, I'm just so honoured to have this conversation with Mm. you and so grateful that, you know, people like yourself exist and Mm. are working in a really diverse and holistic way Mm. to to revolutionise the way that we perceive gender in our society. Mm. So yeah, thank you so much. You've been listening to Dirt Radio friends of the earth i'm alana mountain from forest collective and yeah tune in next week at 9 30 a.m we'll see you there have a great day earthlings